Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I am with another amazing heart-centered leader, and we're heading down under today to meet Stacy Ashley. And let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a high-performance leadership and coaching expert. Can't even wait to dive in to talk about that. She has over 30 years experience, and she has helped thousands of individuals develop not only their leadership competence, but their confidence and their credibility. She is the author of five number one Amazon bestseller books on leadership, including her newly released Power Up and You're on Mute, which is really appropriate for right now. It's one of our favorite questions. We were just joking about that. She has four international studio awards, including Coach of the Year from 2019. She has been nominated for the Tulster Business and Women's Award nine times. And in 2018 and 2021, she was named one of LinkedIn's top voices. So to say I'm delighted to have her is an understatement. So Stacey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Well, that's quite a long introduction, but um, I'm just delighted to be here, Deb. Thank you. Well, I'm delighted to have you here. And it's always fun to speak with another heart-centered leader in the leadership space. You've been doing this for many, many decades like me. We were young when we started, right? Still young at heart, right? (laughs) Absolutely. So I wanted I want to break into a meaningful conversation because there's so much richness that I know you can share with the listeners. So if you're ready, let's start this conversation, shall we? Absolutely. Now, I know that you're obsessed with leading possibility. Share with us what that means. And and when did you realize that it really was a foundation and a principle for your coaching practice? Gosh, there's so much in it. I think leading possibility to me is about recognizing the impact and the influence that we can have just all the time. So it's about as leaders, and when I say leader, I mean, anyone is a leader, a leader of self, a leader of others. And so when I think about leaders, which is everyone, it's about the fact that we create our own futures and that's where the possibility lies. And so settling or, you know, just accepting, oh, that's the way it is. It's about always looking for what else? What are our options? What could we do here? You know, what else could we make happen? And so even when we're facing you know, challenges, like certainly we have been in the last couple of years, it's not just sort of rolling over and going, okay. I just have to put up with that. It's actually going, you know what, in some small way, there might be something I can do here, something for myself, something for others. I can think about things in a different way. You know, I can behave in a different way. You know, I choose how I show up every single day and that's where possibility lives. So it's not about plateau. It's about options and opportunity and creation 
And I think that if we can all kind of tap into that, then we all have the potential to make the world a better place. When did I kind of realise that that's what I was focused on? Kind of the combination of lots of things. Um, In particular, a conversation I had with one of my coaches who kind of reflected when I had shared a lot about my own journey and my corporate career and my practice. And they said, this is the theme that is running through everything. Everything you do is about creating possibility and, and leading people so that they can see opportunity. And so that's you know, where it sort of crystallized and came together as leading possibility. And I just really liked, it feels good. It sounds good. People get it when I talk about leading possibility. It's not just about leading, you know, just sort of sitting in a position, if you like, and saying, hey, I'm a leader. It's action oriented. It's creative. And oh my gosh, you see the smile on my face from ear to ear. There's so much I want to pull out of that. What I love about possibility when I watch you speak is I had to make a list because I couldn't keep up. You were just saying so much goodness. I feel aligned with you that we're barrier breakers. We don't sit in the valley. We all land up in the valley. Let's get out of the valley and be joy spreaders. That's what we're doing, right? My grandma was from Ireland and she used to say, find the possibilities tucked in the corner of each day. Oh, isn't that beautiful? I love that. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) You can steal it. It's to be shared because we all have bad days. We're all navigating this wonderful global climate. I won't even say the C word or the P word. To me, finding the opportunity or potential in the corner of each day is what you're saying. We can all have limitless potential and sometimes it's one thought away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel this big responsibility to help people recognize that for themselves because then they can then go on to not only do great things for themselves, but open it up for others. And that's amazing. Well, and I can't think of a more heart-centered leader attribute. And I loved when you started the conversation, leadership belongs to all of us. It's not the, the initials after your name. It's not the corner office, your fancy suit, your fancy car. Because like you, we've met people that have all of that. That doesn't mean that they bear good leadership qualities. So it's that adage of the CEO going and shaking hands with the janitor to say, how's your day? How can I help you? What's working? What's not working? It's my definition of heart-centered leadership, which is honoring your connection with people. It's so powerful and so beautiful. I knew this was going to be a great conversation. I'm so excited. This question has been asked to every heart-centered leader. It has permanent residency on the show. Share with us what imperfections that Stacy brings to her heart-centered leadership. It kind of breaks my heart when I see people who are limiting themselves and I feel like, oh gosh, I just, I really wish that I had one extra thing in my toolkit to help them to recognize how amazing they are and the difference they could make if they just opened up themselves to the range of choices that they have. And it sort of breaks my heart when I see the windows are closed or the shutters are down and those people just don't see outside their kind of current set of vision or perspective. And so I guess one of my imperfections is that I wish I could help everyone like that. And of course I can't, I have to choose, (laughs) choose where to invest myself like everyone. 
you know, sometimes I get frustrated when I see some people behaving, you know, supposed leaders behaving in ways that I don't really support as leadership behavior. And I don't feel like they're actually supporting their community of people. I do find that frustrating. And so I need to rechannel that and, uh, and turn it into something constructive. Uh, look, there's many, many more imperfections, but that's enough to start with. We always have a good laugh. And a lot of the leaders on the show have said, Deb, we only have 30 minutes. So let me give you my my top two. But, you know, thank you for sharing and being vulnerable to giving us a little glimpse into some of your authenticity and some of the things that that you do. Because even as coaches, we we have our days where we're in that valley. But like you said, we have to recalibrate, rechannel. And it's our role to have ownership to our own self-awareness. And that that's what makes us great coaches. I think that's true. But I also think that if we're, certainly for me, the people I work with are leaders. And so I have to also role model leadership. And that means recognizing what's going on for me and actually making a better choice, you know, over time. Absolutely. Role modeling is, I think, the best in internship, in really behaving the words and demonstrating the behavior. I love it. Okay, I want to talk about you developing the three C's. So here's my question. You talk about developing within leadership, the competence, the confidence, and the credibility. Give us a little insight to how the three C's came about. And was it something that happened at the beginning of your practice? Or was it noticeable over time? You were seeing a repetitive pattern of behavior. How did you develop the three C's? I think it's an evolution and I think it probably started back in my own corporate career. And so it's a collection of observation and experience and I guess working with people and then sort of starting to crystallize what are those threads that make the difference for leaders in terms of what's kind of tangible. And I think obviously when we work, as you would do, Deb, when you work with people, you cover a lot of ground in a lot of different spaces because everyone's unique. And so you know, you want to support them in their particular way. But what I've noticed is that in order for leaders to be able to get into a place where they can inspire others, where they can influence, where they can have impact, those three things need to be in place. Competence. Well, they need to have the skills and the experience and the capability, you know, so so we've got to make sure we fill in any gaps there. And that really, I think, contributes to the confidence factor. So there is self-belief, but also what I've noticed is, and in fact, this came out in a lot of research I did around um, leading emergency and disaster over the last couple of years, is that people need to have not only got the skills and the experience and the capability, they need to have confidence that they have the skills that they can bring to a situation like leadership. And so that confidence piece is really important in them actually applying all of that amazing experience, knowledge and and everything else, because otherwise they maybe they don't speak up or they don't put themselves forward or they don't, you know, really step into their leadership. So that's where the confidence piece comes from. And the credibility, I think, is really important because that's being known for those other two things. You know, people can trust that you will deliver on something you say you will deliver on, that you have this track record that people know that they can rely on you and then they invite you in. Can you do this for us? Can you lead us through this? And again, that credibility piece, I think, contributes to the confidence. So it's, it's all sort of interrelated. 
when we've got these three things in place, leaders are really starting to play in the space where they're at their best. Absolutely. And and having the confidence navigating unprecedented times, it's not like there's a filing cabinet to go grab a folder to see how to navigate a global pandemic. And I love the second piece, having the confidence to do it, because like the name of the podcast, there is going to be adapted imperfection. There is going to be an unveiling of vulnerability and courage and authenticity. And that's where the credibility really gets built up. So I absolutely love that. Okay, my last question is around your book. Congratulations. This is your fifth book, am I correct? Yeah, I released two two books um, in December, so two new ones. So give us a little glimpse into the name and a little overview, and we'll make sure that listeners have the links in the podcast episode description. So tell us about You're On Mute and Power Up. Thanks, Deb. Uh, So both of these books really arose as a way of supporting leaders in particular as they have experienced the last couple of years and out of the work that I've been doing with leaders in lots of different organizations. So the first one, Power Up, was really about recognizing the long-term fatigue that many leaders or people experienced and the, I guess, loss of connection in some instances and just a a general struggle to show up every day at their best because I think it's been hard. There's no point in not acknowledging it. I think it's really important to acknowledge that. And so what I wanted to do was to collect some ideas and really easy to implement but powerfully effective ideas and frameworks that people could put into practice to support themselves, to support their own energy, create more of a positive outlook, you know, and also to share with the people around them. So based on the work that I had done over the last couple of years, I collected 12 of the most impactful ideas that I had shared and that had really worked. And I put them into a book to share with as many people as possible. So that's power up. And, uh, and the reception to that has been amazing, which is exactly what I wanted people to really feel like they could take something and they could put it into practice straight away. The second one, you're on mute. And as you said, haven't we used that phrase a lot? And actually the title was a bit of a joke. And then my book coach said, no, you should use that. (laughs) That should be the title. It really came about because I had conversations with a number of very senior leaders across a variety of organizations about the challenges of navigating not just working from home and lockdowns and having their teams spread out, but really they just didn't know how to show up online or in a hybrid environment. It was very challenging, particularly when you think about some leaders who they walk into a room of people and they have this incredible presence and and they just light up the room with their energy and that's what they're used to and they're really good and they have authority and influence and presence in that space. And they didn't know how to do that online. So often they just avoid it online altogether. And so what I wanted to do with this book is just to really ask the questions at both a macro and a micro level to say, what you need to do is to recognize the world of work has changed. It will never go back. We now have these multiple different working environments. Some are face-to-face, some are very remote Some are synchronous, some are asynchronous, some are hybrid, you know, and there'll be many more that kind of evolve. And what you need to figure out as a leader is, where do you fit into that? And organizationally, what's your strategy around that? You know, I've worked with uh, organizations who've postponed their leadership team offsite because they couldn't actually get together. So they've postponed it for maybe a year. 
Well, how do you get strategic cohesion in your leadership team if you don't bring them together? So maybe you can't do it face-to-face, but you need to think about what your other options are. And of course, some kind of virtual solution may be it. And so it's about asking those questions. How are you going to lead given the complexity of the environments that we now work in? So that's the macro space. But then in the micro space, do you actually know how to show up online? You know, here we are using Zoom. Logging into Zoom isn't enough. It's like getting to the meeting room door. It's everything that happens after that is the impact that you make as a leader in that conversation, in that meeting, in that forum. And so if you don't know where your buttons are on Zoom, if you don't know how to mute yourself or unmute yourself or share your screen or even get your camera angle right so we're not looking up your nose or something like that, those are really important things because in terms of if I go back to the credibility piece, if you can't show up as a leader online, it's it's going to damage your credibility and therefore your level of influence and the impact that you can make. And so this book, You're On Mute, is about asking the questions to get people to reflect so that then they can make the choices that are right for them at the big strategic level and at the more micro individual level. It's a question asking book to get people really thinking about taking ownership of their leadership in the new world of work. And what I love about that, Stacey, is it goes back to the beginning of our conversation that, okay, we're all in the valley, metaphorically speaking, we have choices, we can make a different decision. And now you've written two books to help people and it's come out of the pandemic. Brilliant. It's been just an amazing opportunity. And for me, I wanted to give, you know, I was doing great work with some organizations, but I was like, how can I help more people? And writing a book is one of those ways. It's, it's accessible for a different, you know, a different group of people. You're five books ahead of me. I'm, I'm finally working on my first one. So you know where I'm at in the mindset and the work. And it's fun and scary and goal-oriented all wrapped into one. Okay, I'm going to switch to my fab four. These are just four rapid fire questions. We want to see what's sitting on the top of that brilliant mind of yours. First question, tell us something that we don't know about you. I'm in a global fitness group and I'm kind of an influencer in there. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I love it. I always love this question because I I learned the coolest things about my guests. Okay, second question. If you could have dinner with a leader who's either living or may have passed away, tell us who it is and why. And what would you really like to ask this person? That is a good question. You've really got me thinking. I would actually go back to one of my high school teachers, I think. I just remember there was one particular teacher who just somehow had this connection with the classroom. And when I say the classroom, the the class of students uh, when I was in my final year of high school. And it was just different to every other class. And people would go above and beyond. Students would go above and beyond without being asked to contribute to not just the class, but anything that that teacher was involved in, in terms of the school. And I just think that that is, there's just something really amazing about that ability to connect with a community and then to kind of create the opportunity to draw out their best without apparently really doing anything obvious. So that's who I would have dinner with. And that's a heart-centered leader. I had a math teacher in my senior year. And she was the same way. Mrs. Holt, 
I loved her. Like she, like you described, she could walk into a room, light it up. Everybody just innately loved her. It was like she had this organic way about her where people were drawn in. Nobody was afraid to ask a question. And her classroom was like a canvas, much like you described. And, you know, just show up and let's let's have a great class and no questions, a stupid question and just that kind of a teacher. So you need to reach out to that teacher. I should do. (laughs) Okay, before I give you my next question, I want you to think about words. And I can see that you love wordsmithing. You're an author. You've got the three C's within your coaching practice model. What is a word that you love to use on a daily basis? Or maybe a colleague or friend or family member will call you out to say, this is so your word, Stacey. You always say this. Is there a certain word in your vocabulary that comes to mind right when I ask that question? And what is it and why is it powerful to you? It's probably the word beautiful. And I often use it in my coaching conversations. And what it means is I love the work that you're doing, do more of it. So it's like a reinforcement, but also an encouragement to do more. I love that. And and I love the way you framed it. Before I ask you my final question to close out the show, I just want to say how delighted I was that you wanted to be on the show. I'm delighted that you're on the other side of the world and doing the beautiful work that you're doing within heart-centered leadership. And I'm super grateful that you shared your time with me today, your wisdom, your insight, but a little piece of your heart as well. Thank you. It's been just a real joy to be here. So we're going to finish out the show by you finishing this sentence for me. Heart-centered leadership is about your community. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time and we'll see you again.